That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast devoted to discussing every minute of Batman v Superman, one minute at a time. Yes, we have arrived at minute 91 of the movie. <sighs> Let's talk about Lex Luthor's pee. We create a free and a... I have, we have to, okay, we have to start with discussing this. We'll get to like this incredible, you know, breathless performance by Holly Hunter. And yeah, I feel like we should put the, the P talk should go up front here so that we don't exactly conclude. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a, you know, it's not a good footnote. It's a better, let's get it out of the way. No, don't, don't bury the lead here, which means I have to ask. We concluded the previous minute with June saying her iconic only by speaking and then stopping to notice the jar next to her. Now in this minute, she rotates it, leaving me to realize we need to ask, is this a jar of Lex Luthor's urine? Right. I, I, if, if, I feel like this is, it's the top in Inception, right? Does it, does it matter? I think is the first question. I think I think that yes, I'll start yeah. by saying there is a very valid question, and I and I definitely want to have this conversation. But before we get into the would Lex pee in a jar for the sake of owning June Finch to own the libs, should I think the the first question from a from a practical sense for the film is does it matter? And I don't know that it changes the significance of the moment because it's not like she's drinking it anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> I think, I don't, I don't think that it, it's clearly a callback. It's a gotcha moment. Yeah. And I don't think it's diminished. It would be diminished if I found out it was apple juice. If I found out it was actually apple juice, I don't think I'd be like, Oh, well it's ruined now. Yeah. However, the <laughs> image of like the Calvin and Hobbes bumper sticker of Lex <laughs> Luthor pissing into a jar like grinning, knowing what he's about to do, and the fact that this is like his little inside joke. I mean, he loves his inside jokes. Yeah, right. And I think uh, he did. <laughs> I think it's Les Lex Luthor's piss. Okay, so you're on the record. I think it's actually his piss. Yes. Well, I'm on the record that a that I, I I accept that it doesn't change the scene or the relevance in the movie or ruin anything for me. However, if we're going to look at his character and the way he behaves throughout the rest of the movie, I I do think that he actually peed in a jar and uh, m maybe in the bathroom at the Capitol. But here's the crazy thing is when he saw her and he said power, the oldest lie in America bit, he had already placed the jar there Yeah, when he said that to her, which is really changes that moment. But yeah, anyway, I, I'll, I'll let you... I'll, I'm curious to hear what you think, but yes, I do think it is his pee. I think, because we said it at the time, or I said it at the time, that I think when she said that, you saw his appearance change. That was when she told him that, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm blocking your import license. I'm not going to play ball. And she said in that moment, 
You can take a bucket of piss and call it Granny's Peach Tea. I'm not going to drink it. You can call a weapon of assassination a deterrent. You won't fool me. It was her saying that I see through you and I'm looking down on you and I'm doing it in a way that is that bit of Southern charm, right? I said at the time, I think that was when he realized that I'm going to kill you. That's how this is going to play out. Putting that there, the F-U is not about what's in the glass. She's screwed. You underestimated me. You're burned. That's a lot of a lot of words. Is that Lex Luthor's P? As you said, his character and the insult, I, I would totally believe that he would do that to offend her, to, to really stick it to her before she died. But the meaning of it is not what's in the glass. Right. I agree. I don't think, I'll just say maybe to, to make this more exciting for you to counter you, that a, a bottle of apple juice or, you know, some iced tea would be uh, an easier sell to get into the Senate <laughs> or to get into the, the hearing and, and fill her glass. Or like I had said before this, it's kind of funny that the message of that is so big that only when this came up did I have to say, like, I don't think I've ever even actually thought about that because obviously it should go without saying what we're saying here. I've thought about it. That is obviously not the point of this. Well, shockingly, you'd have to tell it to some people. True, because this would be a character-defining moment. I think Lex, it's a it's a kick-ass moment for him as a villain. I would like to believe that it's P, but if it wasn't, I don't think that it would take anything away from it. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think I think the thing that pushes me more into the realm of believing that it is and that he would and could, the fact that it, it's there at all, because she's about to die. This is just the, the twist the knife this before is, she, yeah. This is purely for his own satisfaction. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to know except for her that that is there. And she's only going to have a thought about it for the briefest of, of moments before everything ends. So for him to go through that effort to even put it there, to me, says he would, he would therefore it. go all the way. Almost like, why do it at all? <laughs> if, if not, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Or, or like, why not just a, a, a note, another note, right? Like if it's, if, if it's not actually, yeah, if it's not actually piss, I feel like he would be like, well, what's the point? Like, I'll just, I'll, I, there's, there's so many other great one-liners I can deliver via a note or something in that moment. Yeah. Why even bother if it's not the real thing? And how did, uh, how did he get it there? That's Lex, man. Wallace has a little cubby hole in his, uh, in his wheelchair, sneaking things in there he, already. He's so. good at climbing. So now we're just picturing him scaling the front of that thing to, with a jar of piss to sit it down, and then. Well, I mean, Lex came out of the of the hearing room, That's right? True. So, I think so yeah, they, he wheels him in. He opens up the little secret door, the lead line door, <laughs> and the bottom of it. He pulls out this jar. Yeah, maybe it's an empty jar, and then he leaves the room. Then he comes back. Hi, just Andrew popping in here again to let everyone know that after we recorded this, Stephen and I decided that there was a lot more disgusting and lewd dissection to get into about this that we felt was certainly not critical to the plot of the movie or its dissection, but for those people wanting to know the ins and outs or who felt, let's say, unresolved or unsatisfied with our... If our deep dive into Lex's pee and the logistics thereof was too shallow... For you, we are going to record an extended conversation that I think I can say will probably be uh, explicit that would get the explicit tag. And we will be putting that up for our patron subscribers as a bonus. 
if that is the kind of thing that you would both want to listen to and I guess encourage us to do, then you can head to patreon.com slash Snyder Minute for many minutes diving into the question of how Lex filled that jar, how that got onto the desk, if that is his urine, where we go from here. I do want to say for a movie, obviously, that we have a massive amount of respect for for the pacing and the construction of it. This might be the pacing and the audio and the gentle pushes in. Like, this is uh, just a, a, a master class of uh, just a standout achievement in this movie. This is flawless. Yeah. Well, I think we, we were talking about, like, the editing. And despite despite it not being literally in the track, I can hear a ticking clock. I watch the scenes leading up to this. And then in that moment, I hear the clock stop ticking. And I think, and I, and I attribute that solely to the cinematography and editing. Well, I mean, I mean ever, the sound and everything plays into it, but obviously since it's not an actual sound, it is the, the, the pacing and the presentation created a sense that we're leading to something yeah. And then the second that stops, there's a there's a lingering moment of we're here. This is what it was leading to. Why? Only by speaking without even knowing what it is, you know that it has arrived. Yeah. We we don't we almost get a perspective shot from the the jar of June. <laughs> now that I'm realizing it of her looking, but the the way the fact that it's placed so that she has to turn it. Yeah. The sound of the jar Oh, well, in her performance there, it's because she sees it. She's distracted by it, I think, is the first part. That's so such a big that she's like trying like she sees it out of the corner of her eye and she tries to talk past it. But it's clear. I think she knows what it is the second it. she's like, that's not mine. That's a jar of piss, which makes maybe I think <laughs> I think has always suggested maybe she can smell it. Oh, yeah, because because of the fact that it's catching her attention before she fully looks at it. But <laughs> I don't this we're talking about cinematography, but and you talked about that you have this kind of perspective shot, but when the camera goes onto it, it's this shot of this mason jar with liquid in it and this note. But it is like the softest focus with like yep. the its narrow depth of field that's just The world beyond that jar has ceased to exist. Yeah. The whole screen is just the jar. And this happens in the moment where that clock that hypothetical clock has stopped ticking and it's like we're at the moment of the moment of truth (laughs) right yeah literally and then she jerks her hand away like it like it burned her she's realizing like 10 different things at once there right first of all the sound of that jar turning seems like everyone in the room would be able to hear that well i think it's like i was talking about with the the way they amplify stuff and it's the same thing with like superman's hand on the door yeah where it's silent but there there's a almost like an asmr level yeah. of like fully audio where it's like it's like the the IMAX audio equivalent of of I know Zach said he um he during maybe I think for Man of Steel or for one of the live commentaries that he's done that he loves using these big sounds and so yeah. there's a sound of like a safe door slamming shut that he uses for for like everything for like slamming any door is this giant safe door slamming um sound effect that he swaps in obviously it's not quite that louder jarring but it does have that full like there's bass oh, yeah. in this this is like a turning. stone being dragged across stone what's like been drinking um no the the weight of it it's it's a it's a visual medium so saying weight is tough it's almost like the way they shoot the ring 
in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like an actual giant. This is actually an eight foot Mason yeah. car. <laughs> Just a, like you can really you sense it though, even if you don't. That Superman instantly notices that something is wrong, and so does Wallace, and mm-hmm. so does Mercy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's this is Holly Hunter's. She's she's fantastic in these moments of righteous empowerment to uncertainty to like revulsion and then because she realizes right what what this is this is just a huge middle finger from lex and then looks and sees that lex isn't there and you get this adrenaline coursing she is terrified for uh her life instantly realizing that he would only do something like this if there was something else coming <laughs> i think is is the actual thing right and that's when she looks over to his chair yeah and he's and he's not there which i think is the real like I said, she the way she jerks her hand back the second she sees what's on there. Um, it's yeah. like she's physically burned by the jar or something. Like she was expecting to see him looking at her. She thought he was grinning, and then she sees he's not there, right? And then and there's that brief moment before everything happens where, like, she shudders. Yeah, and that has that. I don't even. I don't know how I would describe that. That letting out of breath. Well, it's just acceptance of her mortality. Yeah. Right. It's just it's she. It's her last exhale. She she knows Superman's head jerks towards Wallace's chair. So whatever has happened inside has triggered him enough to, I assume, hear it. Yeah. And then the bomb explodes, blows out the U.S. Capitol, smoke, people are shocked. And then the, note, the notes that I have for this episode are the jar, the bomb, the horse. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> if I I was so happy for you Stephen that you got another minute that ended on one of the police horses there transporting Lois Lane to Sleepy Hollow. You know, the this horse rears up and lets out this wail. Yeah. In slow motion perfectly capturing all the other horses behind it, but we talked before about how the the horse walking through and signaling the coming of uh, calamity and now it's hit and the horse rears and it's uh, it's perfect. And I, I know it's it's way less maybe poetic art, but the the craft of of this explosion I th- I thought was really there's some really impressive kind of stuff about how they what they did when they shot it. If you go like frame by frame through through the explosion, you'll see there's like there's the stillness and then Wallace explodes and then. I don't, they had a fan or something that blew like all the papers and everyone's hair, everything blew back, which is kind of fascinating to me to see because it's one of those things where you see that and you wonder, like, it's clear that there was attention to detail outside of the digital effects of the explosion that was put into the construction of like on set practical stuff was done to blow papers, to blow the hair, to, to create that kind of effect. And it's only like two, like one or two frames even. of Yeah, I think it's one or two frames of the table. And then they make a point of going to a wide shot of the entire Senate chamber. Again, for just a number of frames, but it's enough. It's enough. And I remember this distinctly it, watching it the first time in the theater. It was enough for me to realize the level of what is happening and Superman standing in the middle of it unmoved. Yeah, and I think that that's what's the the reason I think is so worth mentioning, even though it's not like, you know, there's not anything super artistic we're going to break down about it about symbolism or anything in it. Yeah, is just kind of the care and the understanding that this moment needs to be as um, 
we need to sell it visually yeah. um, because because that's what it, I mean. There's no there's so little talking, even though Finch kind of did part of a scene. Most of this passes with, and this is all visual storytelling from the second. Um, yeah, I mean, really, from the second he comes in, she starts to talk, but she doesn't really say anything of just truth and whatever. The rest is all the 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 silence, the walking, the gate, um, the the jar, right? Yeah, it makes and this explosion more of an affront. It finally puts Superman in the place that the whole movie you feel like has been building to. And and this moment was also in marketing too, so we knew that this was like a significant moment. And I think everyone's question and. And this is it's actually a point of controversy over the fact that Superman was denied an opportunity to speak um, because someone wanted to hear Superman say something about truth, justice, and the American way. But that's right? what they Lex wanted... did, man. Oh, right? I that know. was well, his attack. That, yeah, the whole, the, whole, the whole point was to deprive him of yeah. the chance to connect. Yeah. And... And that's what's so kind of insane about about the moment is that this there's the whole it's just so heavy leading up to this. He must come to the hill of the people to see what happens so we can learn what's going on. And you're kind of rooting for Finch, even though she's seems to be at odds with him. But, you know, if they could just sit down and talk, that it would be OK. And, you know, that like Wallace just wants to be seen. Right. Like you, or you would hope that like he thinks he's just been his he's not angry that Superman has power he's, he's angry that something happened to him and nobody seems to notice or care until lex comes along right and so you finally put them all in the same room at the same time and and then deny them all of it at the same superman time superman has yeah. the floor yeah and he can say i'm sorry wallace i was trying to save you and june i want to i, I don't want to violate your interests but i need to save people you know these are all the things that are going to happen and then granny's peach tea and like and lex is like laughing as as the capital burns with all of that about to be resolved we could talk about this this forever i think as the, notably i think we talked about um how holly hunter i wouldn't be surprised if she was handpicked you know zach you hear a lot of people talk about oh how did you audition for this or and and they say oh i, I didn't i just got a call from zach yeah. um and that seems to be very common, and especially with her, she's so perfect for this role. Um, but also, she's not the only one whose last minute is here, is you also have Wallace. Yeah. And Scoot McNary is in a very similar boat, I feel like, where these are they're two very, very talented actors, given two very important parts that are really s- small for the most part. I mean, they've got a couple scenes with with a few lines, um, and, then the, and then their story is done at the halfway point in the movie. Um, but they are so they define everything that happens up to here and after here, um, and and so it's so it's it's kind of sad in a way to know like oh there's no more Holly Hunter or Scoot McNary but also they were they were utilized to the absolute maximum possible um, like extent of their um, ability with this the script and the and the actors. And the same for for Tao here, right? Mercy is, I mean, it's it shouldn't go overlooked here. The the single shot of acceptance of what's about to happen that I've been left to die with the rest of everyone else here. Everybody realizes what's happening and what he's what Lex has done to them at the at the final moment there, 
And um, and for her, it's just as much, if not more so, because we thought like there's a moment also like where you see his chair. And I remember watching this and thinking, oh, but he left he left Mercy there. So what's what's he actually going to do? You know, he's not. And then like Martha Kent's coffee pot, your your hopes were smashed. (laughs) Fitting that this should come so close to the middle of the film. Like the, the mm-hmm. sequence is, is what crosses us over, that this does feel like we've reached a zenith of sorts in terms of like for Lex, certainly. <laughs> this yeah. is Lex, you know, that he pulled this off. This is his climax. And now we are going to ride this horrendous nightmarish descent down uh, as a result of this. That horse, man. But yeah. And in Inception, his, his, to- his totem is the, 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 uh, the knight piece right isn't that correct i think did you did you intentionally bring this full circle to talking about the inception totem again i did not i think that's just how perfect it is wow wow christopher nolan he went he went a pretty good long amount there not being mentioned in our podcast only for you to deliver like a (laughs) knockout blow here um (laughs) wow okay well Well, i know it's not a knight it's a pawn isn't it it's a pawn i don't know it's a jar of piss. And with that, we will bring the most anticipated minute of this podcast to an end. We've had a great run. You guys have all really been <laughs> terrific. Um, the next 90 minutes will be a formality. Uh, we will just be kind of coasting on Granny's PhD for the remainder of this. So if you choose to follow us for that journey, you totally can. You know people are just going to jump to this episode with oh, the title. Like, we're we're going to tons of people are going to listen to this first to decide whether or not it's worth going back and starting an episode. If this is your first experience listening to us ever, I promise we don't spend the first half talking about pee every time. <laughs> Just go back and listen to like the first 10 and you'll get the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> we, we try to take it seriously enough to be entertaining. But if you do like pee talk, it is not entirely absent, I will say. Correct. Not to get rid of our pee fans in our audience. No, also have that talk of horses... Wow, yeah. you are in for a, lots of horse talk. Yep, I cannot wait to watch this episode. Be the one, be, be the first one that people listen. That is, I'm so excited. Granny's Peach Tea. As I was saying, uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes <laughs> about any episode that you choose to or plot element. Uh, I guess. Um, also, tell a friend if they want to listen to just. Are you you want people to mention Peach Tea? In the uh, in the reviews, is that what you're saying? I mean, you can call it Peach Tea, but you won't fool or fly or me. Um, so, tell a friend to listen to this episode. You can follow the, the the rest of this incredible journey with us as we get closer and closer to the arrival of Zack Snyder's Justice League and the launch of Justice League by the Minute proper. Right now, you can find uh, early episodes about the the kind of the movie and the in development big news that we've been recording. You can find all of that at SnyderMinute.com or on Twitter at BVS by the Minute, soon to be at JL by the Minute when that gets up. We also, if you want to support what we're doing here, there's going to be more of it. I know we're going to want to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League so much. We're definitely going to want to go back and revisit Man of Steel, a whole bunch of other stuff that we're that we're talking about. So if you want to, you can support us through Patreon.com slash SnyderMinute. You can also follow us on Facebook at SnyderMinute. That is Zack Snyder's writing on that label too. I don't think we said that, right? But that is. I've seen, yeah, I've seen handwriting and comparisons to other stuff that we know he's written. And I'm, I'm 99% sure it's his. 
His hand has now given us the podcast art for this <laughs> endeavor and its most downloaded episode. So for that, we say thank you, Zach. And... <sighs> Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I am Granny's Peach Tea. I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Piss.